Hi, this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. Thanks for being with us. Are you ready to return to Disneyland? After observing the first week of this park's reopening, we offer 10 smart tips for how to manage your next visit to Disneyland. These insights will help you to not only navigate your visit to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, but will offer you thoughts on when you may want to pull the lever and head to Anaheim. These same principles are also important ones to remember as well if visiting Walt Disney World or any Disney theme park in the months to come as COVID comes to a close. Get ready to relieve the magic of visiting the happiest place on earth as we share 10 tips for returning to Disneyland. Let's start with number one, reserve, reserve, reserve. By the way, you'll see all of these tips on our Disney at Play uh, website. So be sure to check those out. They're all listed and abbreviated for you, outlined for you, images as well and links. So definitely check that out. And yes, number one is reserve, reserve, reserve. And I say that several times because there are many things you will need to reserve. And that's an interesting aspect of visiting this park because it was really one of the few places Disney-wise you could just kind of show up, buy a ticket, and go in. It was that casual a place for visiting um, in the past. But not so much, at least at this time. You have to reserve your reservation to visit the parks. you got to go in and make a reservation, and with that, then buy a ticket. Or actually, in reverse, you need to buy the ticket and then go in and make that reservation to the parks. Then, if you are visiting, say, from Northern California or someplace outside the LA area and you need a hotel room, well, you gotta reserve that as well. Uh, good news is, Disney's Grand California Resort and Spa is available, and Disney's Paradise Pier is looking to reopen on June 15th. The Disneyland Hotel, that's yet to be determined. I've stayed at all three, and you can't you can't miss how wonderfully convenient it is to stay at Disney's Grand California. Plus the whole the whole architectural look and feel. It is truly one of Disney's best hotel designs. And yet at the same time, I have to also say my last visit was staying at Paradise Pier Hotel, and while it was a little bit more of a walk to get to the parks. It was still a great hotel and I thought a terrific value. So you can't go wrong at that location either. And of course, if Disneyland Hotel uh, opens up, that will be a great value. Now, I also stay at off-site properties as well. I have a particular favorite and that is Down Harbor Boulevard, a little, little further than I would prefer walking, has been the Marriott Suites. And that's a great location, particularly if you got children. You could you can have your own bedroom and then put your kids in another room in some pullouts, and it's really offers you a lot of space. And I think they're just a it's a really great hotel. Now they have bus service to and from up and down Harbor Boulevard. That takes care of that. You could purchase parking at um at the uh 
at the at the parking lot. One of the great things about Disneyland is that there are a lot of hotels just right around uh, the immediate area that um, I've stayed in Howard Johnson. That is one of the great gems of hotels, great hotel design. I've stayed at the Marriott next and the Hilton across from the convention center. There's lots of really great choices up and down the street and all of them are very much within walking distance. And so definitely check out some of the prices are pretty good. If you kind of take a look at it, I like Trivago when I book it or I go to David as Zanola and he does my booking. He looks for those rooms and does a great job as well. Or maybe I'll make a suggestion and he looks particularly for a, a given hotel I'm interested in. But at any rate, make sure you reserve your hotel room. In addition, reserve any particular dining experiences early. For instance, you want to do the Blue Bayou. By all means, go for it, but book it early. Don't be surprised by the reality that because of social distancing within the restaurants and so forth, there's just not going to be a lot of availability. And the sooner you do that, the better off you are. And then also, you're going to need to reserve any unique experiences. For instance, a spa treatment at, at Disney's California Resort or Savi's Workshop with hand-built lasers, lightsabers, I mean. You're going to want to make sure that you, you know, book a reservation in advance of that. I didn't see that they were really well taken up, but my preference, I think the prefer the ideal preference of doing the handbell lightsabers is to kind of put that reservation off to the toward the end of the day so you're not having to walk around with that lightsaber all day. You can kind of take care of it and be done toward the end of the evening and by the way, uh Galaxy's Edge is so beautiful at night. It's just to think about coming out of there at the end of the day and having that whole mountain range glow and everything, that's a great time to kind of bring your whole day to an end. However, those reservations go quicker than the other ones um, earlier in the day. So again, reserve, reserve, reserve. Second, prioritize what matters. Typically, what matters is that you have a love affair with certain attractions or there are certain new things you want to be sure you do. So you're going to want to make that a priority for you. For instance, have you been on Rise of the Resistance? They are using a virtual queue at this time to book guests. You have to you have to get in at 7 a.m. in the morning and you have to um, enter um, a contest, so to speak, to, um, to be the first to get a reservation. And it's kind of first come, first serve, but it goes very, very, very quickly. At least it does here on the, on the East Coast. And so you have to um, join that virtual queue to do that. Now, if that's the case, if this is something you really, really, really want to do, then you may want to do a park hop situation where you have two or three days that start at Disneyland and allows you um, the flexibility to go to that attraction if you get it and when you get it. And I say two or three days because then if you didn't get the first day, you may want to try it the second day, or you may love it so much the first day you want to try it again the second day. So that's, that's, if that's a priority to you, 
then you need to put that in the forefront. For instance, if you go out to reserve your, your visit to Disneyland, you'll see that there's a little icon for Disneyland and a little icon, for the Sun Wheel in this case, for Disney California Adventure. Many of the days in the next four weeks are just Disney California Adventure. You could still park hop and go over to Disneyland later in the day, but you need to have that virtual queue nailed. And that means you want to make sure you get, uh, you book that opportunity. So I think you understand that if this is an issue, you may want to go look for dates where you could be at the Magic Kingdom first thing in the morning. Same thing happens with the Haunted Mansion and Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Well, the Haunted Mansion has like been everybody's favorite forever in a day. So no surprise that you want to maybe make that a priority. Snow White's Enchanted Wish is just is is the former Snow White's Scary Adventure. It's been redone and that's a favorite for many, many, many generations. And so if that's an important thing to you, then you want to make sure that you make that a priority. Then again, your priority might be with the new um, Avengers Campus that is coming down starting on June 4th. If you want to do Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, hey, then you're going to want to make sure that you... Um, you have gotten time set aside to be able to go to Disney California Adventure and do that. And then other little things, uh, you just want to make sure that you've really thought through the things that matter most to you that you can go on them. For instance, um, some attractions aren't available. And so maybe you want to wait till those come back online and go search for a later month to come back. Or other things like the Disneyland Railroad, for one reason or the other, seems to be closing at an earlier hour um, in the day. So if they've got strange or they may be opening another attraction at a later time. So you want to check that out and make sure that you've made that a priority. So two, prioritize what matters. Number three, determine the value in park hopping. Now, I would have to say, that Disneyland Resort has been the best park to park hop, with the exception maybe of Disneyland Paris, whose two parks are side by side and whose Studios Paris Park, Walt Disney Studios Paris Park, is so disappointing in comparison to the other, you don't want to have spent an entire day in that park. So I get that. But here, because the parks are across a promenade from each other, it's just fun to park hop and just spend part of the day at one and go to the other. That said, my experience with park hopping has largely been driven by the fact that I was an annual pass holder and that gave me park hopping privileges. Well, right now, there are no annual pass holders. And if you want to park hop, you're going to have to pay an additional premium to do that. And so you have to ask yourself, well, is that worth it? You also should know that you just can't park up when you want. Whatever park you chose first, you can't hop to the next park until 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Also, you should know that there is um, an av availability. You want to think about your the availability of those priority attractions that we spoke of earlier. Again, Rise of the Resistance. If 
absolutely guaranteeing giving yourself the maximum number of possibilities of going on rise of the resistance is important to you then you probably want to park up and start each day at disneyland just to make sure that you've maximized the possibility of securing that rise um, uh, virtual uh, queue opportunity um, note that like we said earlier you can't get into magic kingdom many days without a park hopper so if you were looking to go in the next month it's not going to happen unless you buy a park hopper to disney california adventure and then jump over to magic kingdom in the afternoon you'll have to have it there and then one might even ask can you fill a day at disney's california adventure especially when major entertainment like Frozen's show like um, World of Color, like Paint the Night, when a lot of these pieces and then attractions that are still closed, when they're closed, maybe it doesn't take spending all day at Disney California Adventure. Maybe you're ready to go to something else. And so maybe in that regard, park hopping has value to you. But then the last point I need to make is Pricing makes the experience much more expensive. If you only got a couple of days to do it, then all the more reason you got to get out there and just park up. But if you could stretch out the week, can you do it without paying more money? So you have to balance that, that issue as it relates to park hopping. Number four, getting to the park early always matters. COVID or no COVID, you got to just know that that is really important to get there first thing in the morning. I know some of you are not early birds, but it does make a difference. Yes, you wait an additional line going in for the park to open, but you make up for it in the first two hours if you're doing the right attractions. And that means you also have to get on attractions that have lower capacity or higher popularity first thing. And you need to stay focused for the first few hours. You don't go shopping and you don't get into the park and go, hey, let's go look at the Emporium to see if there's any really good merchandise. That's not the time and place to do that. You get focused on going on those attractions. And with that, number five, don't be fooled by the size of the queue. Because of the social distancing element, as long as they're having to stretch it out six feet, you're going to look at a queue and it's going to be overwhelming. Something like Pirates, something like Haunted Mansion, it will look overwhelming. And in California, under certain regulations or certain levels of COVID, they won't allow you to queue inside. And something like Indiana Jones Adventure, that is an inside queue. So again, these are big issues. If you see a long queue, don't don't be staggered by it. Consider the following. First off, new attractions like Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, Web Slingers, A Spider-Man Adventure, Haunted Mansion, and Snow White's Redo, they're just going to be popular from the start of the day to the end of the day. There's no changing that because they're brand new or they've been redone and, and everybody's going to want to try it. So then you have, um, then you have things like low capacity favorites. Alice in Wonderland, you might like. Peter Pan's Flight, you might like. Well, if you like it and you want to do it during the day, it may be best to attend to it early in the day. 
because these attractions aren't going to be able to seat very many. It's going to be one party per caterpillar, one party for per pirate ship, and it's it's going to have longer queues as a result. All-time favorites like Radiator Springs Racers and Indiana Jones Adventure, they're always going to have a line, but not necessarily as much at the beginning of the day. So after you do some of those low-capacity favorites like I mentioned, go take on some of those things like Radiator Springs and Indiana Jones. Attractions, and by the way, there's no, there is no um, better tool that is in your court than looking at the map on the Disneyland website and seeing how long these queues are stated to be. You have to look at that before you make a decision of where you go. Just, and it's going to vary. I have been studying these queues uh, throughout the week and it's a riddle at times. Sometimes I will see a 60 minute queue for Raider Springs Racers and sometimes it's half that. Sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll see something like like uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride as five minutes the whole day. So you have to kind of check it out. Attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and, and Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid as well as so It's a Small World, they have solid capacity and could probably be enjoyed midday. And then old time favorites like Mark Twain and Chen Team, they can be enjoyed when the lines are at, the, at their height. Just go check those out because it's not going to change. Do those in the middle of the day. Don't do them at the beginning of the day. Six, utilize mobile ordering in advance. Oh my goodness. Mobile order for dining, for casual service. And there's a big list of restaurants that you're going to find that you can take advantage of mobile ordering. Do it. This saves you time for having to wait in line. Even when COVID is gone, do it. Um, but do it this way. Think through in advance, maybe while you're waiting to get into the gate to go into the park at the beginning of the day, that's a good time to get your mobile order in gear and start looking at menus and deciding which restaurant you want to be at. And you want to put a reservation in early because you might get to the noon hour and find that you're gonna to have to wait till two o'clock in the afternoon before availability to pick up an order at that restaurant makes itself available. So therefore, make your reservation, book them in advance, make your dining, select your dining options, pay for it, book it in advance as when you think you want to enjoy your meal and, uh, and get it out of the way up front will, will be a huge blessing to you. By the way, when you go in, have somebody go and get a seat while the other one goes and picks up the mobile order. I mean, there's just, you just want to, because sometimes it will be difficult to find a seat with the spacing involved, but definitely utilize mobile order in advance. Seven, manage Marvel. Let's face it, the crowds are expected to come in heavy. Um, Come uh, June, uh, what day did I give on that? June 4th, I believe, didn't I? For uh, that attraction opening up. So you definitely want to um, be there in advance of uh, 
you want to you want you want to i mean those crowds will move in on marvel at the beginning of the day you want to be there all the more reason you want to be there early if this is a uh, a priority to you to visit avenger campus you definitely want to be there early um, they're going to get even busier after 1 p.m because a park's going to empty out not empty out but park hoppers are going to be able to park hop at that hour what are they going to do? They're going to go over to the park where they haven't been on a ride or attraction yet. And that's going to be, again, Web Slingers, the Spider-Man adventure. Things like uh, the PIM test kitchen may be busy. So again, this is an example where you need to mobile order early. Um, shopping for Marvel merchandise. A lot of it is being made available at World of Disney and Downtown Disney. Take advantage of that. Uh, later on, don't do that in the middle, uh, in the middle of trying to get on rides and attractions. Uh, be sure to check out Avengers Campus in the evening as it gets darker. And mind you, if it closes at seven, it may not be too dark. But, but boy, in fact, this is a really good attraction. This is the one attraction I'd probably because I probably want to ride it more than once. I'd be in line to reboard it two minutes before closing. What do I mean by that? You can get in line for any attraction just as long as you do it before the closing time. So one, two minutes beforehand, three minutes, five minutes, get in line to a given attraction that typically has a long wait. Spider-Man would be a great example of this. And by the way, if it's still a long line when you get in, don't worry about that. Because when you get out, the park's going to be emptier. It's going to be closer to nightfall. It's going to look beautiful. You're going to still have time to shop. And it's going to be a great time to be just enjoying the park as it closes out. So, so definitely, definitely get in line two minutes before closing. Number nine, make use of downtown shop, uh, Disney for shopping and dining. Consider... Um, because there's lots of avail lots of things that are available at Downtown Disney. Consider breakfast, um, grabbing something or eating something before lining up at opening. Taking a break in the middle of the day on your way maybe to Park Hop and you have a dining reservation someplace, not a bad idea. Doing your shopping um, or evening dining after park hours, another good idea. So you focus on attractions, enjoying and maximizing the value of your ticket. That's not a bad idea to make use of Downtown Disney after the, the park is closed. But make a reservation for dining because it's going to be crazy on dining after hours. Finally, number 10, manage your expectations. Consider the following. First of all, and, and when I say manage expectations, what I'm trying to say to you is, hey, look. It's not going to be just like it always is at Disneyland. You want to consider, is this the time and place for you to go? First of all, uh, first of all, park hours are limited. And we have a link to the list of um, a park. Um, not only are park hours limited, but park attractions are somewhat limited. And we provide a list um in on the post so at disney at play of which attractions are not available 
and it's kind of a funky list. Um, some things kind of make sense. Not surprising under COVID that Nemo, Finding Nemo submarines is not going to be open. Not sure why Mr. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is not open. But if these things are important to you, you need to factor them in as to whether this is the time to go. Know that FastPass and MaxPass, even Single Rider Line, they're not going to be available during this time. Now, if you've got, if you need assistance, special needs assistance, that will be available. But the FastPass and MaxPass, they're not available during this time. So don't think you're going to be able to just jump to the front. It's not going to be an option. A lot of the entertainment that we've come to know and absolutely love at Disneyland and at Disney California Adventure, it's it's not going to be available. Um, it's not going to be showing. And so manage that expectation. Even dining and shopping, there will be examples of that where those kiosks, those stores, um, those places of dining are not going to be available. And then the final thing you have to factor in is... Yeah, you're going to wear a mask. And I think you're going to be wearing a mask at least two to three months after children are allowed to get a vaccination. I would guess that the administration is trying to get children vaccinated or give them an option to be vaccinated before the next school year starts in August and September. But even if that occurs, that means it will probably be sometime in the fall before they even declare that they're not doing masks. And they might just take it an extra step and just say, yeah, we're not doing it until January. So if that's a factor in your attending, consider it. You have to decide for yourself. I've been to the Disney parks Oh my goodness, nearly a hundred times since reopening last July. And there are days where I just don't like the mask. I, I can't pretend that the mask is not, not something that bothers me. It does bother me from time to time. And it might bother you as well. So hey, you have to make that decision for yourself. You only you know how good it's going to be for you. But all that said and done, there is nothing more incredible than visiting the happiest place on earth. Now there's this little commercial tune. And by the way, since it's my podcast, if I sing, I'll sing because hey, it's my podcast. So I'm just going to share with you this little, this little tune written in the 1970s for commercials on Disneyland. I think it may have been written by Robert Moline, who went on later to write songs like The Universe of Energy and uh, Listen to the Land. It seems more his style, so I think that maybe this is where he kind of got his start, but I haven't been able to figure that out. If you know, let me know. But this the little piece, this little ditty, really shares that sentiment of why Disneyland is so special. And it goes something like this. 
Remember when you were a kid And the happiest thing you did Was Disneyland, Disneyland Come and live it once again It's the happiest part of growing Growing up Disneyland, Disneyland Come and live it once again it's the happiest part of growing, growing up. Well, despite the singer, I think the tune carries the sentiment. There just isn't anything like the happiest place on earth. So good luck in trying to figure out your return to Disneyland. Know that these ideas, these concepts, these tips will help you make the best decision of when and how to return to the happiest place on earth. Thanks for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. Thanks for being part of our community. Please make sure that you subscribe to Disney at Play and Disney at Work, as well as our iTunes account, J. Jeff Cober. If you get a chance, just uh, we'd love for you to give us a uh, a positive rating or review on iTunes that just helps the littlest podcast that could get a little bit more attention out there and get more people coming we just love sharing the messages we have from these podcasts with others and when you have a chance check out the Wayfinder Society it's our patreon group and it's dedicated to celebrating the fan within you by offering you unique apps and Disney Insights as you contribute to making this podcast happen. Well, this is Jeff Cobert. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being with us. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.